Blog Talk Radio. World Peace Sisters, the show that features six- and seven-figure earning women of color. Tune in Mondays at 12 New Eastern Standard Time as Deborah Hardnett, CEO of Deborah Hardnett International and founder of The Professional Black Woman, showcase the triumphant journeys of these powerful sisters. You will be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call-in number is 347-838-9278. Today's broadcast is brought to you by www.wealthysisters.com, where the show can be heard 24 hours a day. And now your host, Deborah Hardnett. Hello and welcome to Wealthy Sisters, sponsored by The Professional Black Woman. You can visit us at www.thepdw.com. Wealthy Sisters is where we celebrate the lives of six- and seven-figure earning women of color, and our purpose is twofold. First, we love to inspire and encourage you, the listener, and second, to edify, promote, acknowledge, and just say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network. Today is Monday, December 13, 2010. Can you believe it? It's feels like I'm still trying to catch up with April. It's amazing. But we want you to know that you should be so excited about your future because it is very bright. Uh, Trust me, it really, really is. And, you know, we are here every week at the same time. That's Mondays at 12 noon Eastern, so go and spread the word. Now, before we go any further, all of our listeners who've been tuned in with us since the first of the year, you know we kind of coined this little slogan that we were holding on to and are holding on to for 2020. 10. We know it's almost to the end, and we are declaring it to be so. So those of you who already know it can say it with us the first time. Let's do it. Here's the 2010, the best year ever. That's right, and we know that's so. So if you, that's the first time you heard it, you got to say it with us one more time. If you're at work, go ahead and whisper. I know you can't be too loud. If you're in your car, don't worry about who's looking at you. Just go ahead and say it with us. Here's the 2010, the best year ever. That's right. We're wearing it out. I don't care if you have to see the best happen for you to dis- on December 31st. This is the best year, and that's just setting us up for 2011. And speaking of 2011, how serious about you, or shall I say, how serious are you about your life and your plans for 2011? You know, are you happy with the life you're living? Do you know that you really have control over your happiness, or do you feel like you really don't? That you really, do you know that you really don't have to continue to do the things or maybe live where you don't want to live or be in certain surroundings that you don't want to be in? I'm telling you, do you always feel like um, maybe you're trapped or something like that? Well, ask yourself this question. Who really has formed those boundaries or the chains that might you feel might bound you? Well, today, our special guest, I'm telling you, this is the show that you want to tune into. Our guest is an expert in coaching and helping people realize that we really can live the life we desire. Yes, we can. She is none other than best-selling author and executive coach, Miss Valerie Burton. So you know what I need for you to do right now. Today is an awesome day. So we want you to go and call everybody you know. Tell them to dial 347-838-9278, We also want you to go ahead and make sure that you mark us as your favorite. Follow us. You can find us on Facebook under Deborah Hardnett. You can tweet with us at Wealthy Sisters as well. But we need for you to let everybody know. Email them right now that this is the show that they want to listen to because we're ready for 2011, and we're going to help you today get prepared to really enter the year with a bang, not to just set a resolution that is going to break or something that's fictitious or something that you really don't believe or mean. But after today's show, we know that after hearing from this dynamic Valerie Burton, you're going to have some of those tools that you need. Let me just share a little bit more about her background so you can really understand why I am so excited. As I said, she's a personal and executive coach who has served hundreds of clients in 40 states and seven countries. Valerie Burton is the author of five 
personal development books, including How Did I Get So Busy, Listen to Your Life, and What's Really Holding You Back. Can't wait to hear more about that today, her new book. And her mission is inspiring people to live more fulfilling lives and experience their potential at work and at home. She helps readers and audiences get unstuck, be more productive, and live with balance, purpose, and authenticity. Her Life Coach 911 blog appears on Essence.com. She is the co-host of the Emmy Award-winning show, Aspiring Women, and she's also appeared in and on CNN, the LA Times, Oprah Magazine, Essence, Real Simple Women's Day, and others. So without any further delay, I'm going to come right back after this short break and introduce you to none other than the dynamic Miss Valerie Burton. Stay tuned. This segment is sponsored by WillDrake.com. That's www.WillDraike.com. The hot new suspense novel, Bad and Worse, A Tale of Men, published by Permal Coast Publishing. Sometimes the only way to stop a killer is to love him. Available in stores November 2009. Business leaders, are you ready to soar? Success is not defined by your wings, but by your courage to leap from the cliff's edge and fly. With Fortune 500 expertise, the Beatty Group partners with creative and motivated leaders, weaving structure and innovation for maximum business success. Visit us at thebeattygroup.com. That's T-H-E-B-A-T-I-E group.com. Or call the Beatty Group at 877-264-7699. Well, yes, hello, good afternoon. We are live and back on Wealthy Sisters with our very special guest today is none other than Miss Valerie Burton. She is the author of five books, as we said earlier in the show today. She's an extraordinary personal and executive coach, and it's just a privilege to have her on the show. We're going to uh, take some questions, perhaps, if she's able to do that later throughout the show. But if you'd like to learn more information about her, going to welcome to the show today. Hello, Miss Valerie Burton. Thank you so much for being here. Good to be here. Wonderful. Yes, yes. So how is your day going today? Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Are you ready for the holiday? Oh, why wouldn't I be ready for the holiday? (laughs) (laughs) It's always wonderful to celebrate Jesus, so I'm ready. I know, and especially after hearing your phenomenal bio, you know that you're going nonstop throughout the year. So do you actually take this time as a break for you to regroup? What do you do around this time of the year? Um, I'll take off for two weeks starting next week. And, um, (laughs) you know, I think it's really important to get rest and um, take vacation time. You know, I wrote How Did I Get So Busy, so I have to kind of follow my own advice. (laughs) Um, which is really important. I think sometimes we get way too um, focused on getting things done, and we often don't spend enough time to just be um, mm-hmm. and enjoy life and enjoy, you know, the people around us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And rest well, and rejuvenate, I, too. That's a great thing to do after Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> after you had all that good food, and, 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 and if you like some people, I know, and like I used to have to go from house to house to house, well, that could really wear you out, too. <laughs> Wealthy Sisters, you know, we we love to really dig into the details of uh, our guests' backgrounds just so that um, our audience can relate because there are a lot of times we might feel that, well, that's that person, um, you know, that maybe this was something special for them. But uh, when they hear the real story, so, oh, wow, this is something I can identify with, it just helps them to continue to keep striving uh, for the goals that they've set. So tell us a little bit about where you grew up, if you don't mind, and, you know, how your path uh, actually came to pass pass today, you know, the the foundation that was laid to to what you have today. Oh, wow. 
Well, I could take the whole show to do that, so I won't do all of it. But um, I grew up in an Air Force family. My father was in the Air Force, so I grew up in a lot of places. I was born in North Florida, um, and then we moved to Germany when I was in the second grade, and I lived there through fourth grade, <laughs> and then uh, we moved to Denver, Colorado. I consider Colorado to be where I grew up because I was there from fifth grade through my first year of college. Um and since then, I've lived in California, went back to Florida to finish college, lived in Dallas, D.C., and now I live in Atlanta. And the wonderful thing about living down here is that, um, you know, my parents are from the southeast, and mm-hmm. so living in all those places, I never had the opportunity to live near my family, and that has been a tremendous blessing. I, I really, really love it. So, I, you know, I miss not being near the water or some mountains, um, but I'll take family over scenery any day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Atlanta happens to be my home, so um, I'm telling you, in a great place there. It's a wonderful city to grow up in. So mm. tell us a little bit about, you know, your foundation. We know that you are an executive coach and you're a best-selling and award-winning author as well. What led you to those steps in your professional life? Well, I was uh, in uh, the public relations and marketing field, and I was very good at what I did, but not all that passionate about it. And Mm -hmm. I literally just um, had begun to pray, you know, what is my purpose? What am I here for? Um, Because you can be good at something, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's your purpose or your mission. And Mm. I just had an epiphany one day back in 1999 that I was supposed to be um, inspiring women to live fulfilling lives and that I would do it through writing and speaking. And so I began writing my first book just a few weeks later and Mm -hmm. wrote it in just a few short months and self-published that first book and um, began to get opportunities. And because I was in PR and marketing, it was a perfect background because – you know, as you know, being an author, you have to you have to be able to market. You know, publishing companies right. aren't really that great at marketing in general, and um, especially if you're going to be self-published. So, as those opportunities opened up, I um, I got my first book deal with a major publisher, and I've been writing ever since. So I just literally um, am finishing my sixth book this week. It'll come out in uh, June. And I have two more coming out after that. So I'm, you know, just living in my purpose. I love what I do, um, and I love that it helps people. You know, I think all of us at our core want to be of service in some way. We all want to help in some way using our unique gifts and talents. And so um, that's what I'm doing, and that's the foundation for it. And I want to say that I remember, and I, I could be wrong, but I remember. Am I right in remember seeing you on uh, TD Jakes's program back in the early two thousand? Yeah, uh, weekly I, program. I co-hosted the Potter's Touch when I uh, uh-huh. lived in Dallas, and uh-huh. that was just a huge blessing. I loved it. I loved Bishop Jakes. He was my um, pastor for a while until I moved uh, when I left Dallas. But um, uh-huh. but yes, I was the co-host for that show. Right, so I was wanting to say when you said that that was like your epiphany was around 1999. I was thinking that maybe that was somewhere around um, or shortly thereafter that years time. Before, um, uh-huh. actually, the the same month that I, the Random House edition of my self-published book came out, um, it was that month. I was in the middle of my book tour when I got a call from the general manager at T.D. Jakes Ministries, and they were looking for a co-host, and she said she prayed, and my name was the only name God dropped in her spirit. I am telling you, that is amazing, because I wasn't the television personality. Um, The other people they were looking at were news anchors, and and I had just met the GM like the month before at an event, and so I know that was, you know, that was a God thing, for sure. For sure, you know, and I love the fact that you mentioned that um, you were good at what you were doing, but you really, you know, didn't really enjoy it. And as we spoke about earlier in the show, a lot of times we can be in those traps in life or maybe feel like, well, I'm supposed to do this because I'm good at it. Um, and not think that there is something else that we can do or maybe those desires. So, Tell us a little bit about, you know, on your website you talked about, I guess, uh, the perf- let's see, what was it I wanted to mention? I'm jumping ahead of myself on the perfectionism. Um, I love that, that piece there. But 
How do you make that transition from doing something that you're good at is to be doing what you really love doing? Um, well, I think first it starts with knowing what your purpose is. You know, I mm-hmm. one of the issues I had was that I kept saying, well, what when I do what I do every day, when I'm getting some more, you know, coverage for my client Mm -hmm. and they get to make more money, how am I helping the world? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't answer that question. Now, somebody else might be in in that same field, and they have a clear mission in that. They understand, you know, I I have a friend who, um, who does what I used to do, and she knows that, you know, that her mission is helping people um, accomplish their, their business dreams. Well, that's great. That's a wonderful mission. So mm-hmm. when she does the marketing and PR, that's, she knows that's her place and that's what she's here for. But for me, I never felt like I had a, a place. I never had that passion. It was mm-hmm. really, um, you know, that really what I wanted was to write. I had gotten my master's in journalism, but even with that, I didn't go into it for several reasons, but one of them was the jobs I was being offered. I didn't care about the stuff that I was going to be writing about. You know, I just always felt like I need to understand the purpose behind why I'm doing what I'm doing in order to have a passion for it, in order to persevere in it. You know, I, I remember getting an a offer um, in a city in Florida with a major paper and you know, I was going to be covering like City Hall, or well, I wasn't from that town. I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. have any. It, there was no purpose for it for me, and mm-hmm. so I believe when you've got a strong desire for something, um, that's your first, that's your first clue that you're on the right path. And it won't necessarily happen overnight. I think you have to be willing to sometimes do that thing, whatever your passion is, while you're paying the bills with something else. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I was paying the bills with my PR firm, but um, but I, I wrote that first book at night and on the weekends, and um, and built it from there. So you have to be willing to invest um, in yourself and your dream. Oh well, definitely investing in, in in the self. How does a person really get to that point of learning how to invest in themselves? Because I, I mean, when we talk about a lot of times we spend a lot of extra money and we talk about it on the external things like our hair and, you know, the attire. And when it actually comes to someone like yourself, a, a, a personal and executive coach, investing the time and the, the money into to someone like yourself, how do we educate a person on that um, and make that transition for them? I'm going to be honest with you, Deb, there. I don't think some of this stuff you just got to, Go after it. I mean, mm-hmm. some things it's not so much about being educated on. If you really want something, then, mm-hmm. you know, if you need to not get your nails done because of it, if you need to learn how to do your own hair, you know, mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. often so you don't have to go to the salon as often. I mean, if you want to go after something, you're going to make it happen. You're going to you're going to cut back in certain areas because you realize this is more important. And right. I, will, I will never forget, it's probably about – Eight, nine years ago, I met Les Brown, and I'm talking, I was talking to him, and I was telling him about my dream, and he said, um, he said, and he says this in his speeches, he said, you've got to be hungry. He said, when yes. you're hungry enough, you'll do yes. what you have to do. And I thought, it, it hit me, because at that time, I needed to be hungrier. Yes. I was comfortable. And so yes. when you're comfortable, why are you going to do something that's uncomfortable? Because it's easier, you know. I have found that for people who come to me that have great paying jobs and they want to do something else, boy, it's a much bigger struggle than <laughs> if you're not really making anything. Because what do you have to right. lose if you're not making anything? You know. Right. But you know, I've had I've had clients, you know, that were making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and they didn't really want to do what they were doing anymore. But how do you give up knowing every two weeks you're getting that paycheck? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whether you're making that kind of money or even just a comfortable amount of money, you have to make a decision because very often you have to give up something, something. in order to mm-hmm. move forward. You might have to take a couple of steps back in order to move forward, and then you've also got to decide, you know, is it just about the money? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. is it about me knowing that I'm living my life on purpose, doing what I uniquely was called to do? Because that's where your true fulfillment is going to come from anyway. 
Wow, I, I love that answer. I love it. Just straight into the point because if you really don't want to do it, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. Nobody should There's have to tell you say. to do those things. That's right. I can't, yeah. you know, people call me, sometimes they call me a motivational speaker, and I, I don't yeah. believe in that. I hope uh-huh. what I say inspires you, but you have to motivate yourself. I can't right. make you follow your dream. Right. <laughs> it's a right. decision that you make. Right. Right. Well, do you think that everyone, um, well, I guess, how, let me ask you this. How do you measure success? Mm, there's a several measures. One, mm-hmm. and most important for me, is that what I'm doing every day lines up with God's will for my life. Mm-hmm. And that might look different from your life or somebody else's life. And sometimes we get really caught up in what our culture and what our society says our lives should look like. Mm-hmm. And so you have to know what God's will is for you because what your sister's doing, what your friend's doing, what somebody on TV's doing may not be what you're supposed to be doing. And so accepting that and being okay with the way your story is supposed to unfold because your story is unique. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's easy to get real caught up. So it's important for me to just stay connected so I know what I'm supposed to be doing. But then it's also about knowing that somehow someone's life is better because I got up this morning. And that's not hard to do. I mean, you know, yeah, that happens in your work, but that happens when you're walking down the street. That happens when you're interacting with people, you know, at the grocery store. Are you pleasant? You know, did you did you make somebody smile? You know, did you go off on them because your lack of patience? You know, for me, it's really important to know that, you know, somebody's life was better when they crossed my path, not that they left feeling worse um, or that, you know, I was supposed to drop, drop a little nugget of wisdom or inspiration and I didn't take the opportunity to do it. Um, and then I think, you know, you want to make sure that um, – that you're giving, you know, in some way. I think that, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. And so it's really important that we're always looking at, you know, how can I give, how can I be wise about how I spend my money, how I use my money, how I save my money, Um, because I think too often we don't think of our money that way. We think of it in terms of what can I get that shows that I'm successful, um, and, you know, who who really cares? <laughs> At the end of the day, you're the, the one with the bill, right? <laughs> yeah, who really cares? What You know, what difference did you make? And are the choices about how you spend your money, are they lined up with your values and who you are? There is nothing wrong with, you know, having a nice home or, you know, having some nice things, but do you have those things because they enrich your life, they enrich your family, they somehow empower you to be a better person and to serve more? I think that's really, really um, critical. Wow, I love it. Um, I know you have the program out, Successful People Think Differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, I love sure. that, that heading there, you know, Successful People Think Differently, and I think you kind of alluded to that in, in the previous response. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a program I came up with after I went back to grad school at University of Pennsylvania to study a pioneering subject called applied positive psychology. And mm-hmm. traditional psychology tends to focus on um, alleviating problems. You know, what's wrong with people? How do we fix that? And that's very important because there are a lot of people that deal with mental illness, a lot of people dealing with problems, and you want to help them kind of get up to what they call zero. You know, you're below zero. Can we just get you to even? Right. (laughs) Right. Can we get you functional? Yeah, thank you. Um, Positive psychology is, okay, you're functional, but how can we help you thrive? How can we help life really be, really feel like it's worth living? You want to get up in the mornings, you're excited about the day ahead, Um, you know, you're really out there making a difference. And so Successful People Think Differently came out of me going through that um, that graduate program, and it was about all these different ways that um, successful people think about things. So, for example, successful people are much more optimistic. On average, um, optimists live six to nine years longer than pessimists. And mm. I, I think that's fascinating. Mm. <laughs> you know, yes. the pessimist, when something goes wrong, tends to um, blame it on themselves personally. 
it was me, there's something wrong with me, it's permanent, it's always going to be this way, it's pervasive. It wasn't just that I failed the test or I didn't get that client, it's that I, I fail everything, I'm not good at anything. Mm. And so, I mean, that's something important to notice. How do you explain your failures? But when a successful person fails, they don't just say it was me. Maybe there was a part that they played, but they will say, well, what are the other factors, you know? Uh, maybe the client didn't have the money at this time. Maybe that didn't really fit into their strategic plan. You know, yeah, I failed the test, but I didn't eat breakfast, and honestly, I really didn't study that hard. So so the, the successful person looks at the external factors, which are things that they might be able to control or at least might explain it other than just it was all me. And they see it as temporary. You know, yeah, it mm-hmm. happened this time, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to get the client next week. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. that I'm going to fail the next test. Um, and mm-hmm. it's not pervasive. They see it as it happened this time, in this instance, with this client, with this test. And so it's really important for us. That's just one aspect of it. But one of the ways that successful people think differently is they explain their failures differently, but they also explain their successes differently. It's the opposite. So successful people explain their failures, they give themselves credit <laughs> for the failures. <laughs> they don't go, oh, it's just luck, or, oh, it was because Deborah helped me. They go, you know what, it's because I'm smart. <laughs> and, and, you I know worked what? hard. I worked really, yeah, I worked really hard at this. And so there are some differences that happen, and that's why I created the program, because you can train yourself to think differently. You may... Um, you may be a natural pessimist, and there are some ways that um, pessimists excel in certain um, uh, certain fields, like engineering, like accounting, like being a surgeon. You know, fields where you really have to assess risk and be very um, very prudent and very careful. Uh, but you don't want to take that into every aspect of your life. Right. Right, you know, and I was I was gonna kind of say those uh, fields where they're like disciplines like that that are methodical, um, you know, accounting oh, yeah. or engineering. I always you know. I always joke, Deborah, that I you know I don't want the optimistic engineer building the bridge I have to drive over. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh go ahead, Valerie, I'm sure it'll hold. You know, <laughs> so there are some ways that pessimism helps us, but for the most part, being an optimist, especially if you're you know if you're a business owner, if you're in sales. If you're a teacher, you know, if you do anything where you've got to inspire people and, and get people to buy into what you're doing, optimism mm-hmm. is what's going to help you most. That's that's it. That's the key right there. <laughs> yeah. You cannot be a pessimistic person in teaching other people. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Although that happens on a regular basis. Mm-hmm, it does. <laughs> well, it's damaging, I, I, too. Yes, it is, and, and uh, you know that's why we have to go back to, I guess, to the original part. You said the psychology piece because yeah. then people, you know, are dealing with that, you know, having those effects from um, being exposed to that. Also, um, on your site, I love this as well. The three ways to break your perfectionism habit. You know, why do we need to get rid of that whole idea of being a perfectionist? I know personally, I used to live my life like that, and I guess the four or five years ago I had a breakdown. (laughs) I couldn't do it anymore. Um, But what are your thoughts on that, and and tell us more about that, that article. Well, number one, the reason it's not good to be a perfectionist is it's exhausting. I mean, it's just... It takes the joy out of everything. I mean, what's wrong with being imperfect? We all are. Mm-hmm. And the quicker you would just kind of accept that you're imperfect, the mm-hmm. better off you will be. So I think that um, it just allows you to breathe. It'll, it gives you permission to be human, and it keeps you from procrastinating because people who are perfectionists tend to procrastinate on most things because they don't want to move forward until it's absolutely perfect. Yeah, I want to start that business, but gee, i got to have this lined up and that lined up. And, yeah, there's a lot you need lined up, but you're never going to know everything you need until you just take the plunge. Um, So I talk about three things in the article. One of them is focus on progress and not perfection. So I think that when you – I talked about purpose, but when you get real clear about your purpose, you're always looking for the lesson 
in things, um, you realize that progress is worthy of your celebration. You know, maybe I love that uh, Joyce Meyer always says, I'm not where I should be, but I'm not where I used to be. And I think sometimes thank we just say, yeah, we just say thank uh-huh. you. Thank you, God, uh-huh. that I am not where I was three years ago, ten years ago, shoot, three months ago. Um, so maybe I thought I was going to be at this certain point right now, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. can I acknowledge the progress? And then I think that, you know, there's a um, there's a term called maximizing that Dr. Barry Schwartz came up with. He wrote a book called The Paradox of Choice. And it's all about, um, in our country, freedom of choice is, you know, it's one of the tenets of, of our society. Um, and so we always think more choice is better, but more choice is not better. So perfectionists tend to maximize, meaning that, they won't make a decision until they come up with the absolute best, most perfect choice, no matter what they're talking about, whether they're buying a house or trying to figure out what they want to have for lunch. And so what you do is you do something called satisficing. You kind of come up with your minimum standard. It doesn't mean it's a low standard, but it's a minimum. And once you find that thing that meets your minimum, you go with it. Now, you know, there might be a few areas of your life where you want to make sure that it is absolutely what you want, but in mm-hmm. most instances, you know, it doesn't matter if the TV you're getting for Christmas is the absolute, you know, best. Figure out what your minimum standard is, what your price point is. When you get that thing, just go with it. Yeah, you might have found something that had, you know, two more pixels or or maybe the price was $10 <laughs> cheaper, but how much time are you going to spend looking for that $10 discount? It's going to be worth a whole lot more than, you know, what you were than than your time that's going to be spent working on it. So I think, you know, setting a minimum standard and then when you meet that, you know, stop, move on to the next important thing you have on your list. And then I always say, if you have to perfect something, perfect your top priority. So get clear about what is most important. And if you want to be a perfectionist with that one thing, great. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be a perfectionist with everything, you're going to be a very ineffective person. Yeah, it truly, and then not such a, a great person to be around. I don't Mm-mm. think either. You know, no, I had it's a uh, relationship. Yeah, you know, I had an experience where I saw, I I was able to see what it was like living a life as a perfectionist. You know, which I said I let that that badge of honor go a few years ago, and um, you know, they this this they forgot to me what the main goal was and that goal was to raise money and they actually raised a lot of money but wow. <laughs> there were little details in the, in getting to that for the their particular event that that you know like audio or something like that and that was what was magnified that it didn't work the audio didn't work but we raised this money so you know um i i, I think that that was just a great example to see that, you, like you said, your top priority, what's the main thing? Because mm-hmm. everything is not going to go perfect. I mean, you see it on television. You see uh, award shows. They don't go smoothly. You you see people in their life who are celebrities who are living their lives uh, in public, and they have all types of challenges just like we do because mm-hmm. who who is perfect? So I think that uh, – that's a great article. I want to encourage everyone to go to Valerie.com, Valerie Burton, excuse me, dot com, and read that information. We are live on Wealthy Sisters with our very special guest, best-selling author and executive coach, Miss Valerie Burton. We're going to take a short break, come back, and uh, talk a little bit more about some of the dynamic products that you have and want to learn more about the new book that's coming out in June as well. Okay. So stay tuned. <laughs> Did you know the IRS will currently reimburse you 55 cents for every business mile you drive? Stop struggling with mileage logs and start turning your vehicle mileage into cash. TrackLog is the first comprehensive automatic mileage recording solution. Turn this small device on, easily track your mileage, and keep more of your money in your pocket. Purchase your TrackLog today at TRAKLOGG.com. That's TRAKLOGG.com. Do you find yourself overwhelmed in paperwork? Are you struggling with administrative tasks preventing you from doing what you really love? Then consider hiring a virtual assistant. Call M. Alexander & Associates Incorporated, toll free 
at 1-877-894-0564 or join them on the web at www.iwillassistyou.net. Would you like to reach quality professionals? Expose your product and services to thousands on a monthly basis? Advertise with the Wealthy Sisters Media Group. Our packages include both on-air and website banner placement. Call our offices today at 1-800-917-9435, extension 803, or visit our website at www.wealthysisters.com to begin building your brand today. We are live here on Wealthy Sisters. Have another great show today with our very special guest, Ms. Valerie Burton. And we are here just excited to learn more about the powerful program that she has to offer. And also just want to let everyone know that we can live the best life ever. And we have the choice in everything that we do. And we don't have to settle for anything. I definitely want you to go and visit her website talking, uh, we talked about your perfectionism, that whole article there, that habit and how to break that habit there. Tell us a little bit more about your book. I um, mean, you started talking about it. How did I get so busy and <laughs> what, what the contents of that uh, involved and how we can kind of <laughs> avoid that trap, you know, of uh, being busy. I know I was at my daughter's uh, ballet class and I always thought, wow, I'm going to have her doing this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, how did my mother do all this? She did with all of us and with one child I'm like wow but hearing uh, a parent there who they were busy every night of the week with with activities with their child and everything and I'm thinking when when do you have time to to breathe so tell us about your book well you know it's interesting you mentioned you know your mom and her generation because the statistics actually show that people have about, on average, seven hours more free time today than they did in the 1950s. And most people mm. would never, ever guess that. But mm. we also spend about seven hours more each week watching television than people did in the 1950s, not to mention text messaging, <laughs> surfing the Internet, you know, all the technology. technology that we have that is supposed to help us gain time ends up causing us to consume our time. So how did I get so busy is about, it's about that, but it's, it's also about you making sure that that's not what's happening in your life, that you're being very intentional about the ways in which you spend your time because time really is precious, and too often we don't even think about it. We just do things because they've always been done. And mm-hmm. so one of the things I say in the book is that it's really important for you to, to notice how you're spending your time and that often our busyness is based in fear. So you have to muster up the courage to make changes. That might mean start saying no to some people that are always asking you to, to do some things that maybe at this stage of your life you really don't have the luxury of doing. Um, that takes courage. Now, I want to interrupt you if I could. You said it's, it's based a lot of times in fear. Elaborate yeah. on that. That's 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 a profound statement. <laughs> so I, there's a lot of different ways that fear shows up. So sometimes it shows up because um, you fear that you're not going to be able to keep up with everybody else. You know, everybody's okay. on this kind of treadmill and we're running, and we think, well, if I slow down, everybody's going to run right past me. It might right. be your fear when if you have kids and you're looking around and everybody else has their kids and three or four activities – and you're thinking, that's what I have to do. Look, I'm trying to give my child a head start. I want them to get into the best college. So i got to have them in everything. But, you know, that might not work for you. Um, mm-hmm. You might not really have the time for all of that. So it might be that, you know, let me see where my child's strengths lie. And mm-hmm. let's tap into their strengths and let's focus on one activity that they can really love and be passionate about. But we don't have to run all over town doing everything. Um, but the fear also shows up sometimes because we don't um, – gee, there's a, there's a term um, – called the imposter syndrome, which specifically affects black women more than any other group. Wow. The imposter syndrome means is that <laughs> we fear that people, other people are going to find out that we're not as great as they think we are. 
So here's how that shows up. And some of it is because we always have felt like we had to prove ourselves. I mean, how many how many black adults, and particularly black women, didn't grow up with your parents telling you, look, you need to be two or three times better than the next exactly. person. Or exactly. else you're not you're going to be passed up for promotion. You're not going to, look, mm-hmm. you're not judged on the same uh, playing field. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, my parents told me, get over it. Just be, just be better so nobody can say, you didn't deserve to be here. And mm-hmm. so what happens, and this isn't just black women, it happens with, it, I've, I've met white men that it happens to, but it particularly happens to women, and especially women of color, um, where we are just racing. We're racing, trying to prove ourselves. And so that's fear. That's fear. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be good enough. That's fear. I'm not going to be taken as seriously. And so we end up being really, really busy because we're just trying to cram so much in. Mm, mm, mm. Doing nothing at the end of the day. <laughs> you know, sometimes we're doing something, yeah. but we have worn ourselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe haven't made time for our relationship life. Maybe mm-hmm. haven't um, had the kind of quality time we would prefer to have with our kids. Haven't mm-hmm. taken a vacation or mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. breathing, or eating well, eating exercising. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. This stuff is that up. why we tend to be heavier? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's you know linked what? up to why, you know, we tend to be heavier and have you, health issues. Like you that. make a really great point there. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it definitely could be a factor in that. And besides mm-hmm. that, sometimes emotional eating is just mm-hmm. a way that people cope with stress mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and challenges in life. Mm-hmm. But, but it, we definitely it need to make that time to exercise. That's a that's a biggie. Yes, it is. I mean, and it goes back to that perfectionism um, piece as well when you talk about that imposter syndrome, the the whole point that we have to be better. We have to work harder, actually, just to to measure up to what someone's average uh, level is. We have to work harder. And, And that, I mean, you're so right. I mean, I was told that I've heard it all my life and still hear it. You, know, you have to have burden. yours. It is. Yeah. It it's is. a heavy it burden, is. and sometimes we have to just let go of it and say, you know what, I'm going to pursue excellence. Mm. Not at, not out of fear that I'm not going to be treated fairly, but mm-hmm. because I'm a person of excellence. And so, mm. you know, I, I think there's a difference there because it's not I'm necessarily. Say, what is the difference? Tell me, what's the difference? I'm pursuing excellence if as you're opposed pers- to. Mm-hmm. If you're pursuing excellence, um, one, especially when you're following your passion, you're in flow, which mm-hmm. is that place where the challenge that you're that's in front of you meets your skill, and that feels so good. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's you're one, you're in flow. Two, people just know. I mean, when you're pursuing your passion and you're pursuing it with excellence. It brings happiness. It brings joy. You're excited about what you've accomplished simply because it was fun to do it, <laughs> simply because, <laughs> you know, it, it was within your purpose to do it, not that you're pursuing things that look good to everybody else, um, that mm-hmm. prove a point to everybody else. It's about you just pursuing excellence. And I believe when you pursue excellence, the opportunities will follow because people cannot deny excellence when they see it. So few people pursue it that you're mm-hmm. going to stand out anyway, and I believe those opportunities are going to come anyway. Mm-hmm. And and I guess especially since a lot of times we are in positions or careers that we really don't like, and uh, the level of uh, excellence is just not there. It's like, just let me do enough to uh, keep this check coming in. So that is a big difference that's there. That's depressing. I mean, that's just, I mean, I know there's some people listening, they know that's depressing. <laughs> You have to make a decision at some point that mm-hmm. okay, either either I'm going to make a decision to mm-hmm. you know love the job I'm with, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'm going to make a decision and a plan to transition into something that I do love. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also, sometimes your purpose isn't about your job at all. Sometimes mm-hmm. your purpose is about the difference you make within whatever company. You're at if you're at a company. I mean, sometimes your vocation is at home, but your purpose that you know you can leave that job or leave that industry. You should be able to still uh, live out your mission because it answers the question: How is someone's life better when they cross my path? So sometimes the shift is rather than getting all nervous and worked up because you're not clear what your purpose is, mm-hmm. saying 
what am I supposed to accomplish in the environment that I'm already in? Maybe you're the person that builds bridges. Maybe you're the person that brings joy to the office. Maybe you're the person that solves problems. And no matter what company you're at, you're going to be able to do that. So I think it's important that people don't get too worked up because I get I get a lot of emails from people. I don't know my purpose. I don't know my purpose. <laughs> and and they, they think it's a job, and it's not necessarily for everyone. It's not necessarily their career. Right, right. It's just it's, you're saying what you know. What are we here? I guess, and then I guess really. Uh, that whole thing that we've been taught. What do you want to be when you grow up? In school, we're taught that. What do you want to be? And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it is a career. It has nothing to do with um, how you want to live your life. What do you want to be known for when you're gone? What kind of legacy do you want to leave? It's just that mm-hmm. what kind of career you want? I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a policeman or what have you. A doctor is, is and so that association is is always put there, but you're saying that it has it doesn't necessarily have to do with that. Not always. And I think, you know, when kids do that, I, you know, I just I mentioned I was just finishing up my next book and one of the interviews I did was with a woman who when she was a child, she was just fascinated with motherhood. And mm-hmm. when the adults in her family would ask her what she wanted to be when she grew up and she mm-hmm. would say, I want to be a mom Mm-hmm. They would chastise her for that. Well, mm. certainly there's something else. You, what do you want to do? I mean, you could do so much more than be a mom. Mm-hmm. And so she talked about what that meant in her journey because at one point as a young woman she got pregnant and she hadn't gotten to where her career path was yet and she aborted that child. And that began this journey for her of, you know, obviously a major setback, a lot of regret um, for mm-hmm. what she had done, a lot of guilt. Now she's a mother of of six. She's adopted four kids um, overseas. But when I look at that story, it's a beautiful story in that she finally came to understand what her mission was and that although she had two biological children, she realized she was also supposed to, you know, mother some kids that weren't even from her own country. Um, So, again, sometimes, I mean, most things, for most people, when they – are pursuing their purpose, they can look back to childhood and see that fire, that flame was already burning in them when they mm-hmm. were when they were kids. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. I see that for myself. I loved writing. I mean, my mom taught me to write when I was three, and in second grade, my teacher told me I was a good writer, and it was just always in me. And I always loved inspiring people. I was voted best advice giver and the friendliest. <laughs> You know, so no wonder I'm a personal coach now. I mean, whatever you were meant to do, you can look back to when you were a kid, and I bet you can see some clues and some signs that that was your purpose because you were probably living it to some degree when you were a kid. Wow, and then and then we grew up. <laughs> right, yeah. and then we grew up and people said, oh, what do you want to be? Oh, that? Well, oh, oh, that doesn't pay any money. Are you sure? <laughs> How about engineering, accounting maybe? <laughs> you know, right. We, we may try to make ourselves fit, you know. We try mm-hmm. to fit the, the round peg into the square, and we and we don't fit. And so, you know, you get 20 years into your career, and you just realize, I can't do this anymore. And that's where a lot of people enough. find themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, a, it's funny you should say that, you know, about your personality and what you realized you were supposed to do. We uh, had several comments on Facebook about you coming on the show today, and one of our um, comments was, oh, my daughter is 11 and she loves her. She's so nice. She's oh. so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love people. Yes. I do love people. It definitely shows, I mean, just from the interview and, of course, from uh, your works uh, that you do and uh, your your products that you have available for everyone. And I think that this would be a great segue into talking about listen to your life. Mm. Uh, You know, a better life is calling, and are you ready to answer and Mm -hmm. consider the current state of your life, your work? I mean, tell us more about that. Well, Listen to Your Life was my second book. And I think your life sends you messages. Your, the circumstances you're in send, is sending you mm-hmm. a message right now. Mm-hmm. Um, people who cross your path, people who are in your life, even if they are irritating the heck out of you, there's a message in it for you. <laughs> and we have to quit ignoring it. I think our lives, you know, going back to how did I get so busy, our lives become so busy and so cluttered that it's like noise, and it drowns out the voice 
of God. It drowns out that inner voice that's guiding you and telling you, "Mm -mm, don't go that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go this way. Hey, did you hear that? Did you get that lesson? And mm-hmm. so it's really important for us to listen to our lives. When we listen, we get the answers we're looking for. And, you know, particularly as a, a coach, I always say if you ask the right questions, you will get the right answers. But when you get those answers, are you going to listen to them? Which means not just did I hear it, but do I take action? based on what I hear. So that's what Listen to Your Life is about. And then what's really holding you back, which is the book that came after that, and it was kind of birthed out of that, the second chapter of that book, um, is, you know, you've listened, you know what you're supposed to be doing, and yet you find yourself stuck. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's fear that's holding you back, but which fear is it? What is it that is causing you to hesitate when you already know the direction you need to be walking in? Mm. Mm. And you already know. And it's that kind of like you said in the beginning, you know, I, I can't tell you that you you need to stop spending money on this to spend more money on your business or focus more. I mean, you've got to just know that at, at some yeah. point this is something you know already. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's incredible. That's incredible. Just getting to that point. And I, and I like the fact that you mentioned about the noise. And we talked about that with the technology that we have today, all of the distractions that we don't have. I mean, now you can watch TV when it's thundering and lightning. When I grew up, you better cut it all off. <laughs> I'm probably dating myself. Well, you know, it's still a good idea to turn off your computer when it's lightning outside. That's uh, I know. I've had my by lightning as well. But, you know, now we have the cell phone, so you don't you have to worry about the landline, so you can still mm-hmm. keep talking, and everything is like, you just it's no, no time that you can actually rest and just have that downtime to think and, like you said, listen. Well, you can listen. take the time. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. You can take the time. How does a person do that? How How just, do they... How do they do that? You just stop. Mm. You just stop. And, yeah, it may feel uncomfortable. You know, sometimes when I'm doing speaking engagements based on how did I get so busy, I will stop and I will sit on the stage. And Uh I will tell people, I want you just like five minutes a day to do nothing. Uh I said, it looks like this. And I will just sit there. And I won't talk. And I'll just sit there. And I, I... crack up every time because there are people looking at me like, how dare her do nothing? (laughs) You know, because when we sit and do nothing, we start thinking of all the things we could be doing. Right. And I'm thinking for five minutes, you can't sit and do nothing. Let yourself feel anxious. Allow those thoughts to go through your mind. But the more you practice being still, Mm-hmm. the easier it will become. And so just start with a small amount of time. For some people, it's going to be like 60 seconds. That's all they can take. <laughs> and then, you know, just kind of work your way up. But we have to make a decision and stop saying that our schedule is, you know, it's somebody uh, it, we don't have control over. You have control over your schedule. You do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you don't you don't have to um, do all the things you're doing. Yeah, there's some things you're going to need to do, but even when it comes to work, you know, sometimes we can be a little more efficient right. with, with what we're doing. It's about our choices. So I would say just stop. And then sometimes just have in the book I talk about non-negotiables. It could be um, – you know what, I'm going to sit down for dinner every night, even if even if you're single and you don't have any mm-hmm. kids at home. Just, I'm going to sit. I'm going to eat on real plates. <laughs> I'm gonna, maybe I'm actually going to cook my own dinner. You know, I'm going to set aside 45 minutes a day to just sit and save. I'm going to turn off the TV. And you know what, if I have a family, when we sit down, first thing I'm going to ask is, what's the best thing that happened today? So now right. I'm thinking about what I have to be grateful for. Now I'm connecting in a real way. Because you know when you ask your, you know, a teenager what happened at school, they're not going to tell you anything. They're going to say nothing. <laughs> what's the best thing? You know, put in those mechanisms. If you can't get to the exercise, find a friend who wants to exercise, and you guys make an appointment with each other. That mm-hmm. way... You don't really you don't really have much of a choice. You're not going to stay late because you know what you got to be at the gym, meet your friend at seven o'clock. So you know you got to put some mechanisms in place that allow you um, to stop the work, to stop some of the madness. And then some people that are listening, there's some people you need to just call and say, I know I've been sitting on that committee for five years, or 
I know I was the, you know, the troop leader for 10 years, but I'm moving into a new space and stage of life, and I, I, I have to cut back some things. Sometimes you yes. just need to have some of those those conversations. Yes. Yes, and I, I guess what do you think faith and trust? You think that you have to have a lot of trust that everything is going to be okay when you do stop. I think I think for a person like myself that found it hard to stop, and I'm learning to do that more now, is oh, i got to keep doing this because if I don't do it, something's going to fall, <laughs> fall through. Or I'm and then if something falls through, Deborah, if something falls through, then what? Then what happens? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're still living. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. What's the worst? Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay. okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we aren't as irreplaceable as we think we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes we just need to get over ourselves. And, you know, it's just really that simple. I mean, I know for me when I said, you know, it's all about God's will, you know what? So often we're saying yes to everybody else, and it means we're saying no to what we're really supposed to be doing. Every time you say yes to something else, you need to say, you know what? Am I saying no to my purpose? What does this keep mm. me from doing? Because every yes is a no to something else. Mm. And you just need to make sure you're saying yes to the right stuff and no to the stuff that really you don't need to be doing right now. And I say right now because maybe a year from now it's the right thing. Mm-hmm. But right mm-hmm. now, you need to be focused on whatever it is you know you need to be focused on. Because mm-hmm. timing is everything. It's absolutely oh, yeah. everything. Yeah. Because yeah. you can, you can, you, you're more mature, maybe, hopefully, yeah. next year. You than have you... seasons. Yes. You have seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's somebody listening, and maybe, you know, maybe this is your season to focus on your children. Um, mm-hmm. And so that next promotion at work may not matter as much. Right now, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that a few years from now it's not going to matter. But you've got a window right now. What's going to be your priority? And mm-hmm. so that's hard. But those are the kinds of choices. You know, I say if when when you get worked up about stuff, um, you know, you got to choose your battles wisely. That's a whole chapter. And how did I get so busy? You know, mm-hmm. you got to ask yourself: Will this matter a month from now? Will it matter a year from now? If, if the answer is no, drop it. Because sometimes mm. we're busy because we're just fighting every battle. <laughs> you can't fight every battle. You don't have time to fight every battle. Fight the ones that matter and the ones that don't. Let everybody else go. They can go fight those battles. You just let focus on. Yeah, you focus on what matters right now. <laughs> exactly. Well, I tell you, the show is almost over. What I mean, how fast as time flies. I wanted to give you an opportunity just to maybe take a minute to talk about the 28-day plan to free your time, reclaim your schedule, and reconnect with what matters most. Well, that is the subtitle for How Did I Get So Busy? And so the the book is written. Oh, I'm sorry. In, I, I missed okay. the new book. I'm looking at the wrong oh, thing the new book. My uh-huh. new book is called Where Will You Go From Here? And it's uh-huh. all about recovering from the setbacks and unexpected turns of life. And right. if particularly thinking about these last couple of years and the recession, a lot of people have had, you know, job setbacks, they've had financial setbacks, but it's not just that. It may be relationship setbacks. Maybe there was a divorce. Maybe you lost a loved one. You know, for some people it's health setbacks. And so that book, it comes out June 21st, is all about how you answer that question, where will I go from here? It's actually already out on uh, on Amazon. You can pre-order it so the week it comes out, you will um, you'll receive a copy. But this book has been an incredible journey um, for me to write. It comes from my own life experience, but I interview a lot of other people, and I incorporate a lot of the positive psychology principles into the book around um, resilience and how to bounce back from your setbacks. Wow. Well, we know that it is available, um, like you said, on Amazon. It's also on WealthySisters.com. They can go there, uh, WealthySistersSISTAS.com, and purchase it from there as well. And how can we find you? They can find me on ValerieBurton.com. They can also find me on my company website, which is CapInstitute.com, C-A-P-P Institute.com. Or follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Valerie Burton, or go to Facebook and um, like me on Facebook. <laughs> I'd love to connect. <laughs> if any, anybody wants to connect and keep getting inspiration, I'm always putting out food for thought um, to keep you inspired. Well, thank you so much, uh, really, from the bottom of all of our hearts for everything that you do and living your life's purpose and helping us 
to live our best lives. We wish you the absolute best um, in the year to come with the new book and all of your other projects that are coming out. We're definitely grateful to have you on the show today. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters. If you missed the first half, you can go back and listen here at www.wealthysisters.com. Our very special guest today is Miss Valerie Burton. Again, thank you. And we want everybody to tune in next week for our awesome guest um, who is a TV reporter, and uh, she is a phenomenal woman who has a powerful story, Miss Victoria Gaither. You don't want to miss it. So thank you again to all of our listeners for tuning in, all the ones in the chat room. And we want everybody, if we don't speak with you, you don't are not able to tune in before Christmas and the holiday season, please make sure that you have a wonderful one and stay tuned for 2011 because it's definitely, with 2010 being the best year ever, you're just ready for 2011 to absolutely explode. Thank you and have a great day. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters brought to you by theprofessionalblackwoman.com where success is inevitable. Join Deborah Hardnett, our host, next week as she interviews another powerful, positive, progressive, wealthy sister and visit us on the web at www.wealthysisters.com. See you next time.